0: Welcome to Jet Setra, the Winnipeg Free Press podcast, uh, where we chat about the Jets, of course, other sports, and etc. I'm your host, sports editor, again with the sports, sports editor Steve Lines, and I'm joined as usual by sports columnist, what other columnist will we have, Mike McIntyre. Mike, it's episode 44. Again. Uh, again. <laughs> I feel, uh, folks, this is the third podcast we've done today. We just finished doing 38-minute podcast but get this some idiot forgot to press the Steve. record button yeah Steve. Yes, Steve. <laughs> the editor not the columnist prior to that we chatted for 35 minutes and what would have been the best podcast right so we're now that in was the, the off the record one so yeah, yeah
1: this is like the third time and let's hope it is the charm let's check the record button again here yeah we are going okay that's good we're, um, not,
0: we're, we're like journalists here mike we're not like tech people okay so um yeah we're okay here
1: we go the one benefit steve to now doing this uh, when we are and what the hour is is i have some breaking news for you dr brent rusin has just declared uh santa claus an essential worker in winnipeg uh at his news conference right now i'm just looking at the tweets explaining to children why you won't be able to go see grandma and grandpa over christmas Uh but why santa will still be able to come into your house uh he's Declared, Doctor Rusin has that Santa has special exemptions from the health protocols. Like the real Santa, the real Santa. (laughs) Yes. So not
0: the dress-up ones at the mall.
1: No, because those ones aren't Uh, functioning. right? Sorry, kids, but those ones are fake. Those ones are fake. No, we're talking the real Santa. He, I guess, he probably up in the North Pole, and he's probably wearing masks and everything. So he's in your house. I was
0: surprised. Saturday, my girlfriend and I, we went to pick up a a take-and-bake pizza out in St. Vital, and decided that we had to wait for 20 minutes. So I thought I'd take a drive over to the garden centers there on St. Mary's. Yeah. They were open. You could buy whatever you wanted. It was like all the Christmas stuff was essential items, I guess.
1: But that's the change they made. Yeah, it wasn't it was, originally, but it then, was awesome. Yeah. Like there was,
0: you could, do you know that you can buy a $1,500 artificial tree?
1: That you, so, and then the other 50 weeks of the year, like it just sits in storage. It's beautiful though. This Is it one with the lights already on yeah. it and they're all synced and they're probably nice. music and stuff? They're super We nice. actually had to buy a new artificial tree this year. We got it from Canadian Tire and paid, I think, 199 bucks. and it's I really like it. I would never pay $1,500 for a fake tree. Would you?
0: Uh, no, unless I was a NHL hockey player and make it $8 <laughs> million a year. Then I might, because um, I could, right? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, Speaking of the NHL. <laughs> Speaking of the NHL, that's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about the NHL's plans to return to play in January. Uh, some reports last week that the league might be looking to purchase vaccines for its players and staff. Jeff Hamilton's epic and terrific series on disgraced hockey coach Graham James. Christmas shopping, as we yeah. were just chatting about, of course.
1: Christmas eating, uh, Christmas or just eating in general.
0: It just And just eating in general in our latest food cast, Bits and Bites. First period of this podcast deep sigh. <laughs> third edition right take three Maybe one of those clapper <laughs> things or whatever that they have jet right? cetera take jet, three jet and Cetra. action action so uh the we're jets, waiting for some action we're waiting for some action so we're gonna have some action the players are filtering back into the city they are yeah
1: my understanding there's close to a dozen uh members of the winnipeg jets or hopefuls who are <clears throat> back in uh, in town um, and that's because they know that uh, training camp is very likely just around the corner. Uh, even some of the guys, Steve, that have been on uh, these loans overseas, guys like Christian Veselainen, David Gustafsson over in Finland, they've now been released from those. They're on their way back. And yeah, the NHL, NHLPA, as we sit here Wednesday afternoon... Uh, they have not yet reached a deal, but they're getting very close. Um, there will be hockey. There though. will be hockey. There's and nothing, the, There's
0: nothing in that's going to snag no, and they, get it done.
1: No, the, the financial thing that could have held it up, that was dealt with a week or so ago. Uh, I was talking to an agent yesterday about what's the holdup here, like why don't they just get this done, and he had an interesting view of it. He basically said there's too many cooks in the kitchen. Uh, each side is bringing like big... Groups to the bargaining table. The NHL has. They this, got
0: nothing else to do, I guess. I
1: guess. They're um, all locked down. They the NHL do has else. a, uh, <laughs> I believe it's 16, 14 or 16 player committee. The Jets have two members uh, of their team on that committee, Mark Scheifele, Andrew Kopp. Uh, but then they also have the 31 player reps. So there's a lot of. Oh my God. Yeah. It's really. It's quite onerous. And I think Steve has. Um, I mean, you run a pretty tight ship around here, but uh, you it, things move quicker when it's more one-on-one yeah, talks, just, right? Yeah,
0: yeah, there's just not a democracy around here, Mike. We do it as do it how I want it done, and that's just <laughs> the way it is. His way or the highway. Now, yep.
1: if, if you were just to lock Gary Batman and Donald Fair uh, in a room, I suspect this would have been done a long time ago, but they want to involve everybody and make sure nothing gets overlooked. There's a lot of little minutiae that's still being worked out, things like how big will the taxi squads be what are going to be the rules on calling players up will guys on the taxi squad count towards the cap or what are they going to be paid nhl salaries versus their ahl ones if they're practicing with the nhl team but not officially part of the roster so lots of little things that i guess just take some time and time is kind of the big thing here steve like what are we today the 16th of december They're talking about training camp starting January 3rd. That would be two weeks from Sunday. Sunday, yeah. yeah. Two weeks from Sunday. The season on the 13th, so a a quick 10-day training camp. Um, But if you're starting camps on the 3rd, uh, you better get guys – back into their markets which is now happening and we talked last week on the podcast about the quarantine issues in place there's still some I guess an obstacle there if you are coming from the US or Europe back to say Winnipeg as of today the federal government has not waived the 14-day quarantine the NHL is hoping they will and they better do it soon because if they don't, like guys are going to have to be back in town by this weekend, in order to be done the 14 days in time for training camp.
0: Uh, there's probably very little chance that they won't get the the exemption, right? I, I would mean?
1: think that it's just part imagine. of this overall deal. Now, just really quickly, for the those, NHL gets what kind of gets they what do. they want, <laughs> and they they should they. Well, I think they showed in the first return to play that they are capable of controlling their environment. And that's, I think, why they're being given some rope. It is interesting to me, Steve, and maybe some listeners, of the rules in place for those in Canada. Uh, we know there is an exemption in place for those coming from Eastern Canada, players like Matthew Pro, Nathan Beaulieu. If you or I were to travel, say, from Toronto to Winnipeg, we would have to quarantine for 14 days, no ifs, ands, or buts. Uh, Jets players coming from, say, Ontario, they don't have to quarantine for the full 14 days. They have been exempted by the province, not the feds, that's the Manitoba government, and in its place is a team sort of protocol, which is a modified seven-day quarantine. The players come back, they stay in their house for those first seven days, they have to get tested four times every other day, as long as those four tests come back negative, after seven days, they can emerge from their cocoon, but only to go to the rink, nowhere else. They can't go to a store, you know, a grocery store or a department store, just a rink. And any family members that came with them from Ontario still have to abide by the regular 14 days. So that's interesting. And the other little quick one is that guys coming from the West, Adam Lowry, Josh Morrissey, Lauren Bressois, uh, there is no quarantine for regular Canadian folk who come from the West. I don't know that that should be the case. Alberta's got a lot of cases right now. Uh, but the Jets themselves have a protocol that also requires this seven-day modified quarantine, four tests, and then sort of the second stage of that, where for the next seven days you can go to the rink. This would allow players, obviously, to to not just sit for 14 days before a training camp without skating, which is obviously fairly important when it comes to, to their own health and safety.
0: So I don't think is, is there any chance that they don't get started by the 13th of January? And, and, and is anybody, is there any scuttlebutt about that? Yeah.
1: The only way they don't is if these little issues just pile up to the point that they, they need to get it done by this weekend. Uh, that, Will give them enough time if, for some reason, and I don't know why that would be the case. I mean, there's 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 a lot at stake here, and I think both sides want to get back as soon as possible. Now, um, I, I, my understanding is they have a second draft schedule kind of in their back pocket that could be pushed back even as far as February first. That would be probably forty-eight games instead of fifty-six. But they don't want to go that route. They want the 56 games on the 13th. And all indications, Steve, is this should get tied up and all these cooks in the kitchen should have the meal ready in a few days.
0: One of the other things that came up last week, and I don't know whether this is going to help them with their season or not, it might not even happen, was that the NHL was looking to make a bulk purchase of COVID-19 vaccines um, to inoculate its uh, players and staff, I guess. Um, You wrote a column about this. There was a lot of chatter on uh, social media about it. Um, Your feelings were the same as mine, that this would have been um, you know, just simply uh, out of line. uh, Pardon the pun. Yeah. uh, To uh, to have uh, players like this uh, uh, get vaccinated prior to um, frontline workers, uh, at risk, elderly people, et cetera, et cetera.
1: I have no issue with the NHL or any pro sports league buying private vaccine and running their own sort of clinics for their players. In fact, I would encourage that, Steve, like, sure, take them out of the queue so that they're not bottling things up once there's enough vaccine kind of for all of us to just go whatever, stand in line or make appointments where I would have a big issue with the NHL or any pro sports league is if they are allowed to buy vaccine and vaccinate their otherwise young, healthy, athletic players uh, before the people who need it the most. And we know, based on everything we've heard, Steve, that vaccine, eventually there is going to be more than enough for all of us, which is great. It's just going to take some time to roll that out. And in these early weeks and even months, uh, those limited supplies that 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 governments are getting are going to go to the people who need it most. So the optics would be horrible if the NHL can just buy their okay, way.
0: But if Pfizer, let's say Pfizer, and, and we we chatted about this a little bit in the first take of this <laughs> podcast, uh, let's say Pfizer holds holds back.
1: Which is apparently a common thing. A
0: common thing where they have 5% of their supply held back for private sale anyways. And so, I don't know, Is it does it matter whether the NHL buys it or whether Kanye West buys it?
1: Yeah, I mean, which pro- I guess I would argue the NHL provides us more entertainment than Kanye West. Well, not uh,
0: everybody would agree with that, but right. I hear you. Uh,
1: but uh, so here's my solution to that then, Steve. Let's just say if this is going to happen anyways, because it's the way it's done. It's going to
0: happen in the States.
1: Sure. Uh, then if you're the NHL, to me, you need to do something then to improve the optics and my solution would be fine. Buy buy your private vaccine if you can get it early, great. Uh, but then give some back to the community. Yeah, that's my that's that's the, right. I, and that's, I think people that's a good solution, it would yeah. be a lot more palatable to the public if that was the case. If you're seen as doing some good, I think
0: most of us recognize that just it's the way of the world that some people get preferential treatment. Heck, I get preferential treatment uh, over other people. I do just in general. Do you know what I mean? Uh, just because of different things in sure. life. Just because I was born in Canada, I get Absolutely, preferential treatment. Do. I get nice. I had a nice clean glass of water this morning. I was
1: just going to say, we have clean drinking water. Yeah, Not everybody so, has that. So,
0: exactly. So, I think that most of us accept that there's, there's a, t- a tier system in life or whatever, right? But in this instance, I just think that probably I would suggest to whoever's making the decisions that you might want to make it look a little better, right?
1: And I think the NHL is aware of those optics. John Shannon, who originally tweeted, sort of offered a clarification that I suspect came when the NHL PR folks, probably the poop hit the fan, and said the NHL is adamant they will not jump a line. If they're going to have it in time for this coming season, I, I don't see how they wouldn't be ahead of the curve. But again, there's ways to maybe stick handle around that, and it'll be something to keep an eye on
0: hey folks we're back for the second period of our jet cetera podcast mike uh in our newspaper this week and online at uh, winnipegfreepress.com we've been running uh the uh, a series of stories by our jeff hamilton um it's called a stain on our game and it's uh, about the lasting legacy of disgraced hockey coach graham james um, the project started originally in 2012, but over the last uh, few years, uh, Jeff Hamilton, along with his uh, duties as the, our CFL beat reporter with the Bombers and covering the Grey Cup Championship, has been investigating um, what happened back in the day with Graham James, and uh, we'll have some, also have some, uh, a story on how things have maybe changed or not changed since then. I know that you've uh, been reading along Mm -hmm. and are fascinated by the series. This is quality journalism, Mike.
1: It is, folks. uh, And uh, I think the only, it's the kind of journalism that only newspapers can do that sort of boots on the ground, you know, deep dive reporting that takes time and money. And um, I know this is something that Jeff has, has, you know, poured himself into. I, I remember just over a year ago, Steve, when Jeff and I were driving to Regina to go cover the uh, the Western final with the Bombers and Rough Riders, and we had uh, lots of great chats on that that trip that that week uh, and the the long drives there and back. And we were talking about Graham James because he was already immersed in the project then, and uh, he was picking my brain a little bit, just having covered James in court as I did for our newspaper. Um, At his previous sentencing hearings um and you know i was um i coached minor hockey for over 10 years as well so have you know contacts in the hockey community and this is obviously a story that doesn't matter whether you were in the hockey community or not that i think we're all aware of and it really is a stain on the game uh and you know it's one of those things steve where there's been whispers and and rumblings of course for years that there were all kinds of enablers that allowed this to go on. I I like the term willful blindness that is used in the court of law a lot, which is basically where you suspect or know something wrong is happening and you just kind of bury your head in the sand. I think a lot of that happened back in the day with Graham James. And, you know, it's interesting, Steve, you have a story about your very first road trip you did actually involved Graham James on that road trip, right? Yeah, it
0: did. You know, I was just a cub reporter working at The Sun and um, my very first Road Trip was um, covering uh, the Winnipeg South Blues. They won the Manitoba Junior Hockey League Championship, and then they were going off to play the Saskatchewan Junior Hockey League Champion Humboldt Broncos and Humboldt.
1: They had a great and team that year. They really
0: they? did. I mean, that was a, a really great team. <laughs> and Apparently, they had a great coach at the time, too, <laughs> Graham James. <laughs> and um, Sheldon Kennedy was on the team, and um, Eddie Belfour was a goalie. They picked Eddie Belfour up from Winkler. Um, you were allowed to add teams when you went into the interprovincial, Right. But there was a lot of other really good players as well at, at the time. But anyways, um, you know, I, I'll always remember that uh, there there seemed to be this different type of relationship between Graham and Sheldon Kennedy at the time while I was on the bus. And, um, you know, the players kind of just were mockingly calling him Graham's pet. Yeah. And I, I didn't really pay a whole lot of attention to it. You know, I, I was... Kind of immersed in this road trip, and but you know it, later, you know once it all came out about mm-hmm. when Sheldon Kennedy, you know, admitted what it, or disclosed what had happened, and and then uh, all the things that happened with Graham and being convicted and and all that, it, you know, it got me to thinking over the years that you know, like I might have met, you know, I I, I, I like a couple just in reports, your short time there, yeah, yeah. I, I missed it or whatever, but like. Could everybody have missed this? Like, how was it so? Right. How was it that nobody p- knew or whatever? And so, in 2012, you know, I started to, uh, I got Weisik Paul Weisik to start asking some questions, and then the, and then the file ended up in the hands of uh, our editor Paul simin and and then at one point we even chatted with you about it and maybe doing something or whatever. And so for a number of years we've been trying to find a way to get at this. Is like did other people know, did, 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 you know, did, and then it turns out a lot of people knew what right. was going on. This was a open lot. secret. There was a lot, a lot, a lot of people knew, you know, and um, man, and Jeff's really done a great job. He has.
1: That. I mean, one of the challenges, and this is something just covering crime and justice for years that I, I know how big of a challenge it is, is to get people to open up about, trauma and grief and tragedy and especially if it involves them personally and you know everybody there's no playbook on how to handle this just like we've seen guys like Sheldon Kennedy who um, who speak publicly and openly about what they went through there are many other victims of sexual trauma who remain anonymous and that's their right and I'd never say one way is right or the other it's it's an individual thing and um, and so Jeff, you know, he's done a terrific job of just getting so many people to speak candidly and openly here. And I know it took a lot of work. Well, he, it's not he, an overnight thing. You he, just...
0: He's unearthed the culture of the day too, where a, a lot of it was hush-hushed. A lot of some players were, uh, if you read today's chapter four, I really yeah. look forward to that, where where um, players were hushed. Did I mean with money? Um, yeah, so...
1: It, it's interesting the timing we're running this series of course here in mid-December uh we're coming up on a time when we will be celebrating junior hockey in this country right the world juniors are coming up and you know a lot
0: of stuff is coming out about junior hockey these days it is and, you know there was there was also some stories last week of this 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 lawsuit that players are bringing against the Canadian Hockey League and some of the hazing rituals that have been it is tough part to of the read part the, of the culture of awful. hockey for a long time yep. and um uh, we've heard things about this, and we've done stories about it, and but it's just becoming more and more clear about just how bad. I don't even, I don't even think bad is a, a properly describes Toxic. it. Yeah, just in so deviant, and like just you the, wonder
1: has if the sport of say junior hockey has it even had its reckoning or is that still to come i don't know the answer to that
0: oh i think that it's still to come I i would hope so because i don't see with all the the stories that have come out i still don't see a really really strong Voices condemning it, really. Do you yeah. Know what I
1: mean, yeah? Well, and some of these like, like,
0: journalists are condemning it, but like, right. where's the worst Hockey Canada? Rick
1: Westhead uh, has done uh, a lot of work with TSN on this, and and some of the the, the stories that he's uncovered, Steve, out, especially out in Ontario, Ontario Hockey League, they're recent. Like, this isn't. Stuff that happened in the eighties or even the nineties, no. like it's stuff that's still happening. Yeah. And so the idea that, oh, this is all in the past and the game is different now, how different is it really? And that's why it sounds like it's worse. I know, and that's why you worry, like, is there another Graham James out there right now? And the answer, sadly, is probably yes. And that's why it's so important that that, you know, journalists like Jeff and organizations like the free press. I mean, newspapers have taken a bit of a hit, I think, at a time, but I think the pendulum let's, is swinging. Let's
0: just, one more comment on this, or whatever, is that yeah, and is that people? I hope to understand. There has been some people on Twitter and some other places where they've wondered why we're not giving the story away, like we're, right. why we're not why why it's still behind a paywall. Like folks, you know, this took a lot of time, a lot of energy, a lot of money to go into producing this type of quality journalism. And you know, frankly, like if you're not willing to pay 27 cents for it, I mean, come on. Like, you know what I mean? Like that's all it costs to read one story. I had, I've had, i had people ask like, why can't I read this? I'd really like to read it. Well, it's like to read all six parts is gonna cost you
1: a buck and a half. Right. Like, come on. And to, to boil it down to its most simple terms, if people don't pay for this, you, journalism will look like your Twitter feed like that that's what journalism will become and do you want journalism to be your twitter feed the tire fire that that is and you know (laughs) that that's why quality journalism is more important than ever and i am just proud to work at a place uh, like the free press that gave gave jeff all the time and and resources and and, and he delivered
0: time yeah we We did he really delivered yeah way to go jeff Okay, we're back for the third period of our Jet Setra podcast 2.0, 3.0. <laughs> if you're just joining us now, this is the third. <laughs> we did an entire episode, but somebody, Steve, forgot to press the record button. Uh, so This one's
1: uh, way better, though. Is it? it uh, yeah, I think I so. I don't even know. I don't know. We're, we're, we are following a very similar, we don't have a script. I'm getting of hungry, course. so I don't know if yeah. this is better. This um the the podcast is of course unscripted. We have a general outline of some things we're gonna talk about, but we are sort of, I think we've done a good job here so far of repeating <laughs> a lot of the same arguments we made. I think we
0: missed some good stuff. We had some good stuff. We maybe did, part. yeah, and that'll yeah. never never see the light Aww. of day, I
1: guess. Um
0: I, I, I just feel like just going home
1: really i think we talked about shopping didn't we we did talk about
0: okay so mike it's christmas it's christmas i mentioned that i was out shopping um you've mentioned that you don't like shopping i i mentioned previously that i love shopping love going to the mall um i've always loved going to the mall um love the lights and the colors and the fabrics and the shoes and the clothes uh, and and all of that or whatever and I, i also like just the social atmosphere of the mall, especially in the winter. Yeah. Um, outdoor malls in the summer. I've gone to a lot of different malls around the world. When I'm traveling, I'll often find a department store to go eat at. Great, uh, great. In Europe, especially, man, that's the best place to go eat is at a department store uh, food court. Right. They, you'll actually get cutlery. Uh, yeah. Wow, I've, I've eaten so at some fancy department stores. <laughs> Fanciest one was Selfridges in London. Um, but, um, so anyways, I love the mall, but this year we can't go to the mall. Um, so most of us are doing our, uh, Christmas shopping at home on our couch, on our phone. I started
1: and finished in about 30 minutes last week, Steve, just Amazon prime, uh, click, click, click. An order here, an order there. And now my house has been a um, a parade of delivery vehicles. I know yours has been the same. I believe as of today, I still have five outstanding packages that are supposed to arrive anytime between Friday and next Tuesday, which, as long as they're all on time, uh, will mean. And, and I should be clear when I talk Christmas shopping, my, my lovely wife does the bulk of it for us. Um, I'm just I shop for her and that's about it. She does the kids and our parents and other family members. And she's done most of hers online, of course, as well. And she was way ahead of the curve. I'm usually a last minute shopper. And my fear, Steve, was that I was perhaps waiting too long to order some of these Amazon packages. It looks like I got in just in the nick of time and that they're all going to get to my house just prior to Christmas. But it is... Um, it, 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 it's been refreshing to not have to step foot in a store and battle the the crowds and look for a parking spot. I,
0: I, I'm, you know, I, I miss getting out and about or whatever. I got, I got secret parking
1: spots at all the most, you know, where? (laughs) all the, can't
0: tell you folks. Anyway, do you
1: have a, uh, like a handicapped parking sticker? No, (laughs) it's
0: just certain spots where people don't park. You have to walk a little further or whatever, but then people just don't park in these particular areas or whatever. Okay. One good place at the top of Polo park is at the back door of the bay. Over by the uh, north, the north side of the parking lot, up at the top, like yeah. The uh, so I'm just looking at my Amazon Prime uh, app here, Mike. Apparently, I've had two things delivered to you while I was here. I have mm-hmm. one more thing coming tomorrow. Um, I'm look, just looking at all the things I ordered. Yeah, I had one day. I had five things come all at once. The guy, uh, the same car, I was trips? actually looking, actually, at at how much uh, you can actually. Anybody can sign up and deliver these things if they want.
1: Like a little part-time job. Like to be a prime driver? Yeah. Well, yeah. The guy that delivered my package, I didn't even... It's just some guy in a truck. Yeah. And I'm like, what's this guy doing? That's yeah, kind of neat. Dogs went nuts and like, oh, this is my <laughs> delivery on one of these things. Um, just to show how... Oh,
0: speaking of Christmas, by the way, you got your white Christmas, I, I did.
1: Uh, you can thank me, folks. Um, although... Because I, I said last week, and I wrote in my little newsletter that uh, I was dreaming of a white Christmas, that I was basically tired I'm of the warm dreaming weather. Of a white I didn't Christmas. like the, the grass showing, and it was ruining my mood. <laughs> and then uh, Mother Nature responded with, uh, with some snow and some much colder weather, which, yeah. by the way, I quickly grew tired of on Sunday night when it was-
0: How old are you, Mike?
1: 45. So I'm
0: 60 years old, so I've had way more white Christmases you than you. I've been living on the prairie. Have you ever spent
1: Christmas not in Manitoba? I haven't. Well, just when I was a child,
0: like under the age of one, my very first Christmas was spent in Milton, Nova Scotia.
1: That's where I was born. Um, it was probably down, white there too, wasn't uh, it? Maybe I don't remember. Yeah. If you were if zero, <laughs> or if, if your age was in months, yeah, I don't. It expect would have been three
0: run. months. I was born in October, okay. so it would have been three months <laughs> old. My first Christmas.
1: Um, I'm not sure. I don't think that they have that much snow in the east coast or whatever. I think we've had one or two white Christmases, or sorry, brown Christmases here in the Manitoba. I thought so. I don't ever no? remember that. Maybe there's always been a trace at least on the ground, but I uh, think so. So yeah.
0: I could have done with one.
1: Yeah, I couldn't have, and Why? so I'm happy. Um Was I don't it? know. I it, this year's been this year sucks enough like let's at least everything's different. But well, that's this. relative. I know, but everything's different. <laughs> let's not have this be different. Um I still wanted to feel and look like Christmas even if we can't act like with our big family gatherings and all that, I bought
0: a holly, by the way, on the weekend. A which? A, a holly, like a holly plant. I oh, bought, I, and a poinsettia. I mentioned, I think that I mentioned. I went to the I, yeah earlier in this podcast garden center. I'm getting my podcast mixed up. Right, <laughs> I went to the garden center on St. Mary's Road, uh, AJ Lacoste, which is a really great garden center, by the way. A beautiful plants mm-hmm. and uh, beautiful uh, Christmas decorations. But I bought a little holly in a planter, and I bought a poinsettia. And my girlfriend bought a Christmas cactus. And, uh, man, I, I could have just bought So you are
1: going of. to have a holly jolly Christmas.
0: Yeah, I don't have a Christmas tree. I don't put up a, uh, a I tree. hear you
1: could have got one for a good deal. 1500 bucks. $1,500 for a Christmas tree. There was with...
0: one. They had this one Christmas tree or whatever that was half. And it went against the wall. So it was like... Oh, like <laughs> flat. That's <laughs> yeah. a great... If you have <laughs> limited cool. space, that's a brilliant idea. I know. We
1: actually could use... Uh, we don't have the biggest living room. And we have two dogs and... The tree, I find the tree takes up too much well, space. Well, it does. But if if we could like smush it against yeah, the wall, I
0: think it was like four hundred
1: bucks. Well, oh, that's a that's great. It that wasn't bad. It is a great it was idea. Neat. Uh, we bought a new uh, artificial tree this year, but only paid uh, I think one hundred ninety nine from Canadian Tire. Uh, really, really like it. Um,
0: I wish I would have bought. They had this little thing. It was called a Grinch tree. And so it was wrapped up and it was like bent over with the one ornament on it. Yeah, it yeah, kind of yeah. Cool. That's cool. I should have got it.
1: Uh, but yeah, back, you know, malls, I, I love the ability to just do online shopping. Just to show you how little I care about malls, Steve. I was in Edmonton, two different stints for us, of course, to cover the, the NHL return to play last summer and fall two weeks for the Jets, and then two weeks for the cup final. I, the hotel I was staying at in, in, I was in West Edmonton. My hotel was about two minutes away from West Edmonton Mall, the most famous mall in Canada, and one of the most famous in the world. I stepped foot in West Edmonton Mall, even though I could see it from my hotel room, drove by it multiple times a day, a grand total of zero times. Zero? Zero times. Uh, and had I gone in, the only reason I might have considered going in is, uh, I remember well, you were there a, in August though. I was yeah. Um, the the water park. I think they sold the water park. I remember I went to the water park as a little kid. My parents took us there. That was fun. And I also remember the, to the West, sp- Edmonton, West mall? Edmonton Mall. Oh, yeah. I also remember when we were young, uh, the the skating rink. And I think the day we were there, the Oilers back. This was been in the eighties. They were holding a practice inside. Wet, and I remember as a kid thinking this is the coolest thing in the world. Hockey team is holding a practice inside a shopping mall. Uh, but the stores and all that, that doesn't, I mean, I must I, I, I enjoy people watching and there's some good people watching at malls. The only exception I'll make is I like outlet malls. There's a great one in Vegas that my wife and I go to and, you know, it's an outdoor uh, mall and all the brand name stores and stuff. Um, but to show again, I haven't even. We have an outlet mall here in Winnipeg. I've never been to it. Have you? Oh yeah, it's beautiful. It's a. Great, I hear it's a, that it's a great
0: I've... mall, and um, the stores. I mean, they're okay. Uh, there's there's a few good stores. There's a really good. I, I I'm I'm a bit of a shoe guy, and they have a really good Echo shoe store there. Uh, and uh, Echo shoes are to die for, man. Uh, and um, I have four pairs of Echo golf shoes. I don't even golf um, <laughs> <laughs> anymore. I used to have. I had Echo shoes before Fred Couples. Some of you who know that yeah. may, may understand that uh, reference. Um, uh, yeah, it's a beautiful mall. It's very wide. It's uh, yeah, it's it's very open. Um, there's lots of room to move around. Um, yeah, I like them mall there. So yeah. I just
1: came up with a great idea for you. They for got the a Lululemon uh, And a, you uh, love Lululemon. Yeah, yeah. Who doesn't? Uh, but since you love malls so much and you've got the, the white beard going, have you ever considered being a mall Santa? I, I was
0: a Santa once. So before I got into journalism, I was in, I was in retail. Yeah. Um, I spent, uh, uh the first five years of my working career out of high school as a management and the management training program for Zeller's. And, um, and one year I, I was much thinner than, no, I'm pretty thin now. You're pretty thin. Um, I, I played Santa, yeah, but I didn't have a beard back then, but, um, Nah, I don't think I would enjoy that.
1: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Having strange children just crawling yeah, all over you and nah, crying, mean, pulling at your beard yeah, that doesn't so. interest
0: you? It doesn't really, no.
1: <laughs> Anyways. One thing I remember about Zellers, wasn't their slogan, the lowest price is the lowest law? Lowest price
0: is the law, yes. that Did was. Did anybody ever
1: break that law is what I wonder.
0: <laughs> all right, folks, we're back for the overtime session of our Jet Sector Podcast. I almost forgot where I was there, Mike. Um, we need to change this, though. We need to call I'm, it the...
1: I'm just looking at the lunch, and I'm eyeing up that mandarin orange, Steve. And I know we're, we're getting hungry here because we've mandarin. been here forever. Yeah, mandarin oranges, I think I said this in the f- previous incarnation of this. The mandarin oranges in Winnipeg this year, at least the ones we've been getting from, uh, from Sobeys, it's the best crop of mandarin oranges I've ever seen in my life. I'm a bit of a Mandarin Orange snob, and these ones are really good. They're juicy. They're sweet. I haven't had a bad one in the bunch yet, and we've bought a bunch of boxes. So I don't know what the trick is, why they're better than usual this year, but they've been great. Uh, On the flip side, the apples right now in Winnipeg are absolute crap. Uh, lots of bad batches of apples lately. and um. Which is odd. Um, oh, so
0: I mentioned uh, this to you before. <laughs> I'll mention it again. The best place to get your apples is at Vicks on Pemina, the Vix Vegetable and Food Market. Yep. They do a great job of bringing, uh, bringing in apples. When I used to eat a lot of apples, I don't eat a lot of apples now, although I had an Asian pear this morning. Those um, are good too. Yeah, they're good. I actually mixed it into my yogurt and stuff. And it was quite good. Um, anyways, they have great apples there. I originally started shopping there for apples. I go there for other things now, but they have that. If you want to make the trip all the way across town, that, do you know where that is? You ever been to Vicks? Yeah. They got great apples there, Mike. So, uh,
1: great strawberries too. And I would make the trip, Steve, as I love strawberries. Uh, I would make the trip as opposed to, for example, having a delivery service, bring me my food because you do, yeah you can do that right i think you can um i see
0: the save on food trucks driving around
1: yeah and i think can you even use places like uber eats to do that or i don't know to deliver just groceries probably not you probably have to deal with the the company or the y- business y- you know itself. what i did
0: uh, this is a tangent sorry i did my first curbside pickup thing this week i won't say what store i was at it starts with a w and um <laughs>
1: ends with an art <laughs>
0: So I'm sitting out there. I'm calling the number and no answer. So eventually I just went in yeah. and I got it myself. I mean, just like, uh,
1: yeah. Anyways. Uh, I, <laughs> I, I'm I, i probably in the minority here, Steve. I have yet to use a food delivery this service. This is shocking news. Never I used, don't use it a lot. Right. Yeah. I will always, and we're, we order at least once a week, and I always go pick up the food. And I can't really explain why? I, I, it's not a trust thing, but I do like the idea of having some control still of getting my own food, like going to the place I ordered it. It's a
0: hunting and gathering thing. I Mike.
1: guess. Yeah. I feel like I'm providing for you're my ag- family. You're
0: still in an agrarian society. I
1: guess. Yeah. Like, Pretty good that like, I knew that term, eh? Like, that's it. Is very <laughs> impressive. Uh, yeah. Maybe that's it. Like I feel like my wife does most of the cooking. So this is my little contribution that I bring food home. It's like barbecuing. It is for sure, which we've also done more barbecuing this year than ever. Like I'm, I was barbecue, I barbecued on Sunday night when it was like minus a thousand out, um, cleared a nice little spot. And, and so the idea we're eating at home way more than we used to. So barbecuing is, is so what are you know
0: for takeout this week? Sushi.
1: sushi. Love, love the sushi. Um, we there's a couple of places we order from now. One is Magic Sushi on uh, McPhillips. That do you we, think we could get somebody to sponsor this? Oh, we we totally could. We can. I think we need uh, we need somebody to. Well, sort we of should have sponsors for, for us. yeah, okay. we should. Um, Brought
0: to you by
1: yeah. But uh, we love this eating- This portion we of the dining center
0: podcast brought to you by <laughs> Magic Sushi. Magic <laughs>
1: Sushi. We love eating at Magic. Uh, we ordered from there a few months ago. And I must admit, bringing it home, by the time I got home, because it was a bit of a drive, it wasn't the same.
0: But you ordered tempura.
1: Tempura, yeah. which didn't stand- Is it tempura or tempura? Yeah. Tempura. Tempura. <laughs> uh, tomato, tomato. <laughs> um, it just didn't- it just didn't hold up. And so that wasn't, but I, I think even if I got it delivered versus picking it up, it probably was not going to with tempura. Yes. Yeah. You need it to be like hot, like just out of the fryer or whatever. Yeah. Um, but so yeah, magic, uh, sushi plus on McPhillips. Like there's a lot of, we have a lot of sushi options in Winnipeg, there's which is nice. There's a lot of sushi in Winnipeg. Yeah. I a lot out a your lot of way. Sushi.
0: I, I live in the South end of town. There's a lot of Asian restaurants in the South end of town, uh, all over, whether it's, uh, Chinese, Japanese, Korean, Indian. Um, I'm, I'm. I ordered Indian again uh, this week or whatever. I'm a big Indian food fan. Um, chicken, chicken tikka masala, for sure, is one of my favorites or whatever. And um, but as far as sushi goes, um, you were asking me um, earlier of you know where what my go-to for sushi is. Uh, there's lots of good places uh, in town. Um, the, the old standby for me, if I want to be absolutely 100% sure, I order from uh, Wasabi. Yeah. Uh, there's a Wasabi Sabi out in my neck, neck of the woods on Taylor. Uh, the, there's the Wasabi on uh, on uh, Broadway, and then there's this section is brought to you by Wasabi Sushi. <laughs> uh, there's one in Osborne Village as well. I think I've never been to that one, but um, anyways, um, yeah, there's there's good. I, I I'm I'm. I'm, I'm a fan of paying more for better sushi. Yeah. I'm not a fan of the all-you-can-eat sushi um, or the grocery store sushi. Um, How about gas station sushi? Do they have gas station sushi? <laughs> there are
1: gas stations, mostly in the States, I find, that's like Wawa's and stuff. I mean, if you're getting your sushi from a gas station, you deserve everything you get out of that, which is probably going to be excruciating stomach pain about an hour or two later.
0: One thing about sushi is um, I'll order a little less of it and better quality of it, and almost in, always I also plan to have cherry pie afterwards.
1: Really? Yeah. It doesn't seem I, like that would be. I know. I am a big fan of cherry I know you pie. Are. I just never really partnered those two together. I,
0: I justify eating sushi. I justify eating dessert, and I can justify eating dessert like to the nth degree. But sushi isn't as filling, so I got to make sure I have a dessert. And so cherry pie, cherry pie with cherry ice cream.
1: Are uh, just as long as the ice cream doesn't touch the pie, which we've talked about in previous podcasts. Yeah, I that's put it right it, on top. Man. No, absolutely. yeah, like I
0: actually had cherry pie on Saturday, Mike. I heated it up Ugh. in the oven, so the it, ice cream it melted. It, it that's did. just was, revolting,
1: <laughs> absolutely revolting. Uh, it's like sauce. It, uh, it's it, like like it milk sauce on your, on your pie. No, yeah. Um, I, I, I I'm also uh, I'm one of those. S- sushi types. I don't like ginger. Do you, are, do you like ginger? Yeah, I like sushi? ginger.
0: Yeah, I like ginger just in general. I like the ginger, yeah. And yeah. wasabi?
1: Yeah, 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 for sure. See, yeah. I'm, I'm, oh, you I don't like eat the wasabi? Jane. Nope, nope, plain Jane. Okay, we're going to have to end <laughs> now, Yeah. <Okay. laughs> we'll have to agree to disagree.
0: If we will on the cherry pie yeah. and the wasabi. Well, I love
1: cherry pie. Just keep ice, just cream, keep the ice cream miles right. away from it.
0: All right, folks, we're going to have to wrap this up. It's uh, currently 1.35 p.m. on a <laughs> Wednesday, and the downstairs cafeteria closes at 2. So, And I need a sandwich. Nom, go nom, with nom. your manner and orange. It looks really good. sandwich with my salad, which is in the fridge. So anyways, uh, nice chatting with you again. Yeah, we're back Mike. one more week Thank before
1: in this year. We'll be back next Wednesday for our pre-Christmas uh, edition. Did you hit record this time, Steve? I did. Beautiful. We'll be back uh, next week, folks. Uh, bye enjoy, bye. The, enjoy the week. Thank mm-hmm. you.